high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Full Court Press. Happy Tuesday to you, one and all. June 30th, final day of June as we move into so, July. You said it's June? June 30th. Feels like April. Oh, it looks like April. I'm driving into Bear Lake. I'm at the end of the canyon. Eric, it's snowing. <laughs> it's freaking snowing in Bear Lake. And well, I was like, like this is Tony not- Grove got like three inches of snow. Powder Mountain got like four Wait, or five. Wait, shut up. Tony got three inches of snow? <laughs> Something like Nuh-uh. that. Nuh-uh. Yeah. That is unreal. Wow. Uh, so my kids had to do a driving <laughs> test today. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. And this weather? Well, it's, they do it on the range. Like, uh-huh. You got you know, the, the instructors up in a tower. Like in a tower He's watching right? everybody yeah, 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 yeah. go around. And uh, both of them said that when they turned in, got in their vehicles and turned them on, the AC was just blasting. And they did this at like 8 a.m. this morning. It was like <laughs> 45 degrees outside. Oh, uh, yes, yes. How'd they do, by the way? Good? Uh, I guess they did okay. I mean, they survived. You didn't get any phone calls. There were no fender benders. So. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got a call from my insurance agent. Does that make you feel old? Yes. Thank it's you. just a kick in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Franton there. I'm Audrey Salveson. So grateful to have you joining us along on the Full Court Press. Uh, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, and 106NTheFan.com. If you want to participate in the show, you can by texting in at 435-339-0321. Oh, you didn't sign out of your Twitter accounts over here. Dude, you you know what's so bad is that you haven't signed out either. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm so tempted. (laughs) We should go show, like, just tweeting out as the other person. But, you know, I've done that before on your Facebook, and it didn't really end well for me. So, <laughs> you love how I keep bringing that up, even though it happened like eight years ago. A long time ago. You still scarred ago. me from just yelling at me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't yell at you. You pretty much did. It was a very gentle... Oh, it was? I remember going home and crying and thinking I wasn't going to have a job anymore. <laughs> Kickoff time on today's show is 4.01 p.m. Your start or your time now is now 4.03 on a very cold, windy, and wet Tuesday at the end of June. Just, I mean, 2020, how are you doing? Wow. Minor League Baseball is not doing well. Yeah, Minor League Baseball is having more than just weather issues. Uh, In fact, uh, there's a statement that has now been put out, and this is actually kind of ironic because of our guests that we're about to have on in 12 minutes. Major League Baseball has informed Minor League Baseball that it will not be providing its affiliated minor league teams with players for 2020. As a result, there will not be a minor league baseball season in 2020. These are unprecedented times for our country and our organization, as this is the first time in our history that we've had a summer without minor league baseball played. This coming from President and CEO of Minor League Baseball, Pat O'Connor. He continues, while this is a sad day for many, this this announcement removes the uncertainty surrounding the 2020 season and allows our teams to begin planning for an exciting 2021 season of affordable family entertainment, end quote. Minor League Baseball, which began as an association of professional baseball leagues, was founded in September 5th of 1901. Of course, they had to throw that in there. Like, no one gives a crap right now, dude. We've you been know, around for a long time, but that... We're not having a season, Tell me though. how that affects me today. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's right. 2020, you will not have Salt Lake Bees baseball. Uh, you will not have minor league baseball of any sort, including Idaho Chuckers baseball. And that's who we're actually going to have on today. Uh, play-by-play voice radio for the Idaho Fall Chuckers. It's uh, John, is it Balgini? Yep. Right? John Balgini. Uh, excited to hear from him. I'm kind of interested to hear his take on not having a season. Is it fair? Is it unfair? Was it was there communication? Was there not enough communication? Be kind of interested to hear from him. Yeah, there's been a lot of uncertainty uh, what minor league baseball's role would be when major league baseball resumes. And frankly, minor league baseball has been under fire for the last year yeah. or so and has had a lot of uh, pressure on it. Uh, t- talk about uh, culling you know, some of the teams, like removing some of the teams, uh, reducing the whole number of, of, of teams that participate in minor league baseball, and just the whole f- you know minor league system. Baseball is so unique from really any other sport. I mean, the NBA has the G League where they can send guys to develop or send younger guys there to rehab to come back. Uh, and occasionally guys you know, come out of there and, and get roles and opportunities in the NBA. But in minor league baseball, I mean, there is no minor league for football. Yeah. I mean, it's college football is the NFL's minor league. But for for baseball, it is a significant farm system. And really, is it is it effective? Is that the best way to do it? Or is there another way to get players ready for the big show? So it'll be interesting to talk to John Balgini about his experience over many, many years calling minor league baseball. And he's seen some pretty significant players come through yeah, that system. no kidding. Absolutely. And again, uh, how significant is, is what's going on now? Again, it's the first time ever that they have not had a minor league baseball season in the summer. This is just, it's it's one of those years, man. And and it's crazy because minor league baseball is, the players are affected because they don't get the pay, right? I mean, I mean some players, major league baseball players, took out of their own checks to be able to make sure that their farm system players were taken care of. Minor league baseball, major league baseball isn't even doing that for these guys who don't have a season anymore. That just seems so cruel to me. I know it's, you know, just the way things are, but you have the money. I know you have the money somewhere in the bank account to pay these guys a little something just because they got robbed of having a season. I don't know how, uh, if you're saving a pretty penny for whatever reason, or you really can't afford it. Well, a lot of minor league teams, um, you know, they're operating on shoestring budgets as it is. Uh, but what's the role of the, the if their major league affiliates? Yeah, what, how much do they send down the chain? Yeah, that's a good question. They, that's they what play I want to know. They a certain role in developing the players yeah. that go there, or uh, providing them an opportunity to to get back on track. So it's a really interesting relationship. Uh, nothing like it in, <laughs> in any other professional sport. That's a great way to put it. And again, it's just it's, it's really unfortunate that we won't have because you have, and I know we talked about it a little bit already. Um, major league players complaining about not getting the extra two to three million that they wanted, while minor league players aren't getting anything, zero, zilch. So this last week, um, I think I told you. I don't know if I, I don't think I shared this story on air. Last week I was down in Arizona, and my niece's husband. So I don't know. Does that make him my nephew-in-law? I don't know how that works. Anyway, his brother is a catcher in the minor league system for the Braves. And I think he's at this just a single-A level. And he said that this year has been really, really hard on his brother. 
because there's all this uncertainty. Uh, he can't go get an, like a regular full-time job because there's uncertainty about he may be called up. Uh, it just even if it's just to help warm up a pitcher, not really in any games, but uh, he's got to stay physically ready. Uh, and uh, uh, but he's bouncing around from couch to couch, from house to house, friends, family. You know, here's a guy that can't really go out and get a job because he might get called up. He doesn't know. Maybe today gives him a little more certainty, and he can go about finding something else to do through this summer. But uh, for all those players in the minor league system, really, really unsettling. Yeah, it really is. And that's the unfortunate thing uh, is, again, they're being left out to dry while Major League Baseball players get a complaint about not getting 2 to $3 million more than the $13 million they're going to be getting to play 60 games. It's just it, it's extremely, extremely unfortunate. Um, speaking of baseball, uh, the – the and the COVID the coronavirus situation it's gonna be kind of the theme of today's show is COVID nineteen versus MLB versus NHL versus NBA versus NFL uh, it's kind of what you're gonna be seeing here um, but there's a Jeff Passan of ESPN we've heard so much from him and he's been such, doing such a great job of covering the MLB situation uh, he has a couple of quotes here I want to I want to steal um, one of them being about uh, how concerned. Uh, should baseball be about the uh, the coronavirus in itself? I think that the biggest concern, Scott, is when bigger names start opting out. And at this point, you know, there have been rumors this player, his wife is pregnant, maybe he's going to want to opt out. That player, he's been around, he's got his service time, he's got his money, why would he want to come and play? I think when it's all said and done, though, there isn't going to be a huge stream of players who do end up opting out. That's kind of an interesting thing. It just, I mean, uh, there's major concern, I think, in every professional sport, no matter how how much money they have, that this thing could get out of control. And if it does, you're back to square one, aren't you? Well, yeah, I think the concern is that, look, we talked about this with uh, players in the NBA, uh, and some of them that have announced that they aren't going to participate yep. in Orlando. We heard yesterday Zimmerman wasn't going to participate. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> and so, um, it, because if they, I mean, there's this, there's a concern, a legitimate concern, that if they bring something home to a family member who is immunocompromised or they're in a high risk category, they get the disease, they turn out really sick, or heaven forbid, die. Man, that, those players would just feel awful. Yeah, it'd be sick to their stomach, right? And their teammates and their organization. And, boy, can you imagine the lawsuits that are going to be coming? Oh. <laughs> so I just think that it's it's really tricky, especially where Major League Baseball is not operating in a bubble. There are dozens <laughs> of, of, of baseball facilities all over the country. There's going to be travel back and forth, people coming in and out of those facilities, workers, uh, you know, this the staff, and it's just going to be really hard to control. It it's going to get it's going to get worse in Major League Baseball before it gets better. Yeah, is my prediction. Just because be- there's so many so many players, so many staff all over the country, they're going to be traveling all over the country, and they're not really 
going to be able to contain it. Do you think that's going to be the case in every sport, or is that just baseball? Well, NFL, college football, is, is not going to be any better. I don't know how you do college football or the NFL in a bubble. Yeah. May, uh, Major League Baseball, you can go to the, the spring training sites. You can set up a, a pod of teams in Arizona and a pod of teams in Florida. Problem is, those are two states that are among the worst right now with it's, where the spikes are happening. So it's not necessarily a, a, the best idea either. Speaking of, uh, we, I know we got to go to break here as we get to John Belgini on the line, but speaking of not playing in a bubble, Buster only, more on that. The effort to uh, try to contain this has got to be so much greater because there's so many more portals <laughs> through which players can get infected. It's, it's exponentially uh, more than what we're seeing in the NBA with its bubble. Ooh. Trouble, if you ask me. It's just trouble that we're asking for. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, it's going to be a really, really difficult task. Uh, I mean, the level of testing, the level of managing what everybody does when they're not at the arena is going to be, is going to be a real, real big challenge. Absolutely. Big time challenge. And with the NBA, that we'll get into that a little bit later, but there's growing doubts that that bubble might not even happen. As yes, Brooklyn Nets, is. more Brooklyn Nets players are testing positive. Three unidentified New Orleans Pelicans have been testing positive. And according positive. to Walsh Ranowski, we'll get into that in a little bit too, he says there's more players dropping out. He doesn't think that's the end of the list, that there are a lot more players now much more concerned than they were a week ago about doing this. Yep. Not a good thing. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, John Belgini, the radio play-by-play voice of the Idaho Falls Chuckers, is going to join us. Ironically, it's going to be on the day when they announced that there will be no minor league baseball for the first time ever in the summer. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. The Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, 106NTheFan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here. Good to have you all along, and uh, great to have our guests along here, Eric. Yeah, John Balgini, he is a Hall of Famer, we can call him now. We're in the presence of uh, a Hall of Famer, Ajay. <laughs> Just recently inducted into the Idaho Falls Professional Baseball Hall of Fame. John has called over 1,000 baseball games for the Idaho Falls Chuckers. Uh, he uh, sat alongside a, a great play-by-play man uh, in many, many year, for many years, uh, and uh, John has uh, taken over those duties and uh, over the last little while. And uh, you can also hear him on uh, ESPN Sports Radio in Southeast Idaho. And uh, John Balgini joins us now on the Full Court Press. John, uh, thanks for your time today. Hi, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? How's, how's things in Logan? Cold and wet. <laughs> Cold and wet. <laughs> it doesn't feel yeah, like June here. 30th, I'll tell you that. Yeah, same here, that's for sure. Now, now, this normally would be about the time where the Idaho Falls Chuckers would be uh, doing some things but uh, on, a, on a normal, regular year, but it's not happening. Uh, and not oh, only has okay. it uh, just been delayed, now today we find out the whole season is going to be canceled. Yep, uh, the official announcement came uh, today that uh, there will be no minor league baseball anywhere in the United States in 2020 due to the pandemic. And, of course, uh, 
the Idaho Falls Chuckers, last year's Pioneer League champs, are looking forward to defending that title. It's not going to happen, and of course, there's a, there's a chance they might not have any baseball next summer in 2021. And uh, you know, we've had professional baseball here in Idaho Falls since 1940, so uh, 80 years of professional baseball all wiped out uh, this year due to the virus, and perhaps next year due to uh, the greedy owners of the Major League Baseball. I'll get that off my chest right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Minor League Baseball's had its own issues before this pandemic hit. Uh, There were were discussions about trimming how many teams would be available and would participate, and uh, the the plight of Minor League Baseball has become more pronounced uh, over the last six to eight months, it seems like, even before this virus hit. No doubt. Uh, there are currently 160 minor league teams across the nation. And uh, if Major League Baseball gets its way, uh, 42 of those teams will be uh, no longer affiliated with Major League Baseball. And that includes all eight in the Pioneer League, including the Ogden team and the Orem team. So, uh, yeah, it's not a good thing. The future's not looking bright. What do you, what are the feelings? I know you stay close to the the players and co managers and the staff. What are the feelings from the minor league guys right now who lost their season and aren't going to get that financial income? You have major league players complaining about not getting an extra one to two million. These minor league players are getting completely uh, robbed of all, not just a season but financially as well. You know that, that's true, but there there is one silver lining. The Kansas City Royals, I think, one of only two or three major league teams. They did not release any players. They're going to they're going to pay their players through the month of August. So uh, you know, hats off to the Royals. Uh, you know, I think again, only one or two teams did that, but uh, they did not release anybody. They've kept everybody on the payroll. So uh, at least the Royal minor leaguers will be uh, treated the right way. John, with, with we were discussing this before we we had you on. Uh, Major League Baseball has a a farm system unlike anyone else. A way to develop players to get ready for the big leagues. Uh, you know, NBA has its G League. It's a developmental league. It's it's growing. It's improving a little bit here and there. You see a few guys that spend time there, and then make it into the NBA, but they really don't turn out to be too big of a star. But for Major League Baseball, everybody goes through the minor league system. How really yeah. do they really need that many layers of? of a developmental process before you get to the major league system? You know, maybe not, uh, Eric. You know, know, maybe, uh, you know, I have 160 teams, uh, six different levels, maybe too many. But, you know, I was just reading some stuff today, and uh, uh, the new current uh, Chicago Cubs manager, David Ross, former major league baseball catcher, he said that uh, he valued his time in the minor leagues on long bus rides. It builds character and – you know, he says even though maybe 10% of the uh, kids in the rookie league or maybe 5% make it to the bigs, he says uh, the, just the the situation of uh, growing up in the minor leagues, learning uh, the ropes uh, was far more important than, you know, just going right to the major leagues. So, uh, you know, not only is it, it tough for, you know, communities that have lost jobs, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, – even these these former big leaguers who are now managers, uh, they enjoyed their time in the minor leagues, and they said it's going to be a shame if these teams are cut. I know it's kind of a personal opinion, but do you think this major league thing can work out for 60 games without any hiccups? Personally, I don't think so. I mean, already guys are opting out. Uh, 
Ian Desmond, the, the Rockies, said, hey, I'm not going to play baseball this year. I, I, it's more important to be a dad. Uh, I've heard that, you know, some of the players, if their wives are pregnant, they're not going to play because due to the fact that, uh, hey, this COVID thing's so out of control. So, you know, personally, I, I'm a huge baseball fan, but not not impressed with the 60-game schedule. And I think we're going to see some of the big names opt out and won't even be uh, playing this summer. For a guy like yourself, who you love baseball, you've called a lot of games, uh, what kind of summer is it going to be for you? Well, luckily, uh, I've been doing some American Legion baseball on the radio here in Idaho Falls. And oh, wow. You might say, oh, then, you know, no big deal. But the Idaho Falls Bandits won the national championship last year in American Legion baseball. It's, it's a good program. So, you know, folks were asking me all winter, well, are you know, or when this COVID thing hit, uh, are you excited you're going to get to do some American Legion ball? And I said, well, yes and no. I mean, it's baseball, granted, but uh, it's not professional baseball. But at least I can go to the ballpark every couple of days and call some games. So, I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. <laughs> you can hang out on the Jim Garshow broadcast booth. That's always a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I've spent 35 straight summers there at that ballpark. And, wow. you know, if I didn't have anything to do this summer, yeah, it definitely would have been a big loss. John Balgini, the radio play-by-play voice for the Idaho Chuckers, and of course, Spit Shine with the title of being a Hall of Famer joins us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, John, I got to do ask you, you talked about the 35 summers that you spent and uh, all the great games you called. Can you talk about some of the great players you've seen come through the system? Uh, you know, uh, when we first, when I first started, we were with the Atlanta Braves, and not too many, the Braves sent us some some bad players. I mean, not, not a lot of <laughs> kids made it to the big leagues, but... Uh, of course, uh, Billy Butler, all-star in Kansas City. He has started his career in uh, Idaho Falls. And, in fact, most of the Royals that won the 2015 World Series, Eric Hosmer, uh, Mike Moustakas, Salvador Perez, uh, all started their careers in Idaho Falls. So it's pretty neat to, you know, watch these kids start at 16, 17-year-olds, and then five, six years later you see them in the World Series. So, you know, those are some of the big names. That's cool. Didn't Jose Canseco spend some time in Idaho Falls once no upon way. a time? Jose, yep, he he played uh, when the Oakland A's were in town back in the early '80s <laughs> or early late '70s, and uh, I understand he wasn't a good fielder then, and he still isn't a good. Fielder. <laughs> <laughs> what about no, the no opponent? Go ahead. No balls went off his head here in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> what about on the opposing side? Some of the guys who've on opposing teams. Who's the best player you've seen? come to Idaho to play the Chuckers? Uh, wow. Uh, hmm. I'd have to think of that. You know, there's been quite a few. Adam Dunn, who hit a lot mm, of home yeah. runs with the, with the Reds. He was in Billings. Uh, the Ogden Raptors, they, they, they're they loaded every season. I mean, Corey Seager played uh, at in Ogden. Uh, you know, pretty much most of the Dodgers that are in the majors now started their careers in Ogden. Wow, that's interesting. So if yeah. um, so, this season is is done. But as you said, there's a real threat that the whole Pioneer League could be kind of cut away from Major League Baseball. It, would they form a, a just a unique their own independent league, or do those teams just fold up shop? Well, you know, it's funny because you know uh, of the eight teams in the Pioneer, I would say four probably make good money and, uh, you know, are in, in, in the, the black every year, uh, Idaho Falls, Ogden, certainly, uh, Billings, and probably uh, one of the teams in Colorado. But 
if if the Pioneer League is goes away and uh, Major League Baseball, you know, contracts the team and they're no longer, there's a couple of ideas. Major League Baseball is so there's a chance they could have somewhat of a dream team where they would uh, they wouldn't give us players, but uh, they would give us some money to operate, and uh, but all the salaries and stuff would be basically on the owners of the local teams to to burden, and uh, that's a chance. Uh, Maybe they've talked about maybe an all-college, all-wood-bat league like they do back in the Cape Cod League back east. So, you know, talking with Kevin Green, the president, and and, and here in Idaho Falls, he says he he feels good there's going to be baseball next year, but it looks like maybe not professional baseball. John, I grew up listening to Steve Klauke's voice of the Salt Lake Bees, and I had a chance to work with him for three years uh, on the radio broadcast producing side of it, and uh, just fell in love with the relationship I had with him. Who are some of the broadcasters as you were growing up and that you listened to that helped you really get into broadcasting? Uh, I, you know, I think I, I'm not a Dodger fan, but Ben Scully. Mm. I mean, you, uh, you you can't beat the voice he had, and he worked solo all those years. You know, most uh, announcers have a color man, but uh, Ben Scully, uh, the uh, guy from Detroit, God, I, that's, his name uh, escapes me right now, but... I, li- I listen to a lot of Vince Scully, and we had some pretty good uh, broadcasters in El Paso, Texas, where I grew up, and that's where I sort of got in, uh, you know, fell in love with baseball. And, you know, and, and that's another thing, Eric. You know, you know, we lose. Uh, you know, the if the team goes away, a lot of local jobs are gone, and uh, I think Idaho Falls last year gave some eight hundred thousand dollars back to nonprofit organization. That's all gone, and plus the little kids. You know, they come to the games. And they see these kids play, the, the, the professionals. And if that goes away, you know, who can afford to drive to Denver or Seattle to watch baseball? I think it's really going to hurt the entire uh, baseball uh, world. Yeah, that's a great point. I actually was thinking of that earlier today, that for a lot, a, a big portion of the United States, if you want to experience baseball at a professional level, by and large, it's going to be at a minor league park. Yeah, I mean it's affordable. It's a, fa- a, f- a family fun uh, situation, uh, and especially towns in, in the Pioneer League. I mean, uh, we're a long ways away from any Major League Baseball club. So, uh, you know, I think if if Major League Baseball takes away these forty two teams, I think it's going to hurt them in the long run as far as you know getting youngsters into baseball. Well, it's an interesting announcement today. I think we all kind of saw it coming. It just yeah. became official official <laughs> today. Yeah. And I don't know why they waited so long. I mean, there there have been clubs that have kept people on, you know, on salary, hoping. But I th- I think this thing could have been made maybe a couple of months ago when the whole COVID thing hit. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, as far as Major League Baseball, yeah, it's sixty games. Yeah, it's baseball. But I don't know if I'll be watching a lot. I would assume that uh, the the players, maybe even some of the, the the coaches, managers with the Chuckers, were they even in town? Have they even been no. anywhere near Idaho Falls? No, they were in Arizona at spring training when this whole thing sent. And then the Kansas City, the Royals just sent everybody back home to where they they live in the off season. So yeah, we we had nobody in town. They our season doesn't start till usually mid June. So uh, yeah, we saw nobody, and it's just uh, it ended just like you know Rudy Gobert. You blame him. He got it, and everything else. <laughs> That's right. He shut it all down. The biggest yeah, defensive move ever. Down. Yep. Uh, last question for you. I don't know if you've heard through 
your organization through your connections with the Chuckers, but uh, I'm assuming that baseball will still need some kind of mechanism to call guys up for replacement if somebody gets hurt or to send guys down to, for rehab. Um, is that just at the the AAA level, or are they just going to have like camps? designated areas where they can just work on things until they're ready to come back. Have you heard how that might work? Yeah, normally each major league team has a 40-man roster, okay? So this year, uh, each team has a 60-man roster. They're going to allow, I think, 30, 35 with the team, and then the other 25 will continue to work out probably at their spring training locations. And then if you know somebody gets hurt, they can move them up. But, uh, yeah, so each team will have 60 men uh, practicing and playing baseball this summer, but other than that, everybody else is just, I guess, you know, on their own. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy times, Eric, no doubt. <laughs> yes. Well, Mr. Valgini, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate you. We wish you the very best, and we hope to do this again soon. Hey, guys, keep up the good work, and uh, by the way, this Hall of Fame thing, you know, I always say if you do, if you're around long enough, they got to give you something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really, but what was... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was asking, what was that like to be uh, to be announced to hear the words "Hall of Fame" with your name? Yeah, you know, it, it was it was a a pleasure and honor. I mean, there's only five names that have been retired or numbers. Uh, Jackie Robinson's one, of course, the uh, uh, the great major leaguer. Uh, Don Warner, who was a manager for the Idaho Falls Padres, he won a couple of Pioneer League championships. Billy Butler, again, as I told, ten year major league veteran who started his career, and then my partner. Jim Garshow, who uh, sort of taught me everything. So there are five names that are up on the uh, press box wall of the uh, at Melaleuca Field that will be honored. Now, I'm just, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm proud and honored to have my name up there as well. Yeah, just a bummer that the, the the ceremony took place and there wasn't there weren't any games going on or any fans there to yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, there instead of three thousand, there's about three hundred, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well. Maybe we'll ha- Maybe we'll have them redo it again next year when there's more fans. There you yeah, go. You, know, you, you should request that. As a Hall of Famer, I demand this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Belgini, again, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. Stay safe, and uh, we hope to hear your voice sometime soon down the road. Hey, thanks, guys. You, uh, like I said, keep up the good work in Logan. All right. Thank All right thanks, John. Appreciate it. Yep. John Belgini, Hall of Famer, friend of the program, does a great job for the Idle Falls Chuckers, and uh, now calling <laughs> – American Legion baseball, just to help pass the time, really. Dude, I didn't know they won the National American Legion Championship. Do you know how big of a deal that is? Like, you have to be really, really talented to win an American Legion Championship. Like, that is some really good baseball. We have that that Cash Sox team here, uh, compromised of graduated seniors who didn't get to play baseball this past spring, and they're on the same team. And they're really good, and I still, and with all due respect to Alex Hansen, who's the manager of that team and whatnot, still don't think they could compare to, like, what? Some of these other teams in Idaho are doing that's that's incredible. Yeah, wow. Well, so a really interesting perspective on the news that, that came down today and became official. Actually, we've been talking to John for about two three weeks, just kind of going back and forth, trying to line up our schedules. And a few days ago, we said, "Hey, how about Tuesday?" Okay, and then the news happens this afternoon, right before we go on the air. So it was serendipitous that it worked out that way. All right, take a break. Coming back, NBA news got to get through. Uh, players not so sure they want to come back. Um, and for a varied amount of reasons why, usually surrounded by the COVID-19 or for family reasons, uh, that they would rather stay home. 
Uh, NHL is still looking for two hub cities to play their 2014 tournament. What are their solutions? What are their ideas? Where do they do from here? Because their camps start next week. What's the solution? It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Andre Salveson, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Um. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and AJ Salveson. Without Bogdanovich, now what do you do without that one really reliable shooter? Well, it may be by committee. It may be rotating a lot of different guys through there. Does that work? If they want to have a chance in this, well, I think Mike Connolly plays a larger role in that. He doesn't play anything close to the same position as Boyan, but he can help the rest of the team be better if he played at his most optimal. Starting at 4 p.m. on 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 106nthefan.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I'm not good with multiple buttons. Dude, that was a lot of fun talking to John Balgene. Yeah, dude, he's so good. You could tell just his passion for the game, his passion for Idaho Truckers baseball. You know, there's a reason why he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's been doing it a long time. 35 years, is that what? 35 years, yeah. Good night. Did a long time with Jim Garsho. Uh, Jim Garsho's a great man. Uh, I know Jim. Uh, he's, he's passed away uh, about 10 years ago or so. Mm. But uh, he was he was an icon for the... Uh, or sports in southeast Idaho, especially with the uh, Idaho Falls Chuckers. How did you know him? Uh, we have an association with some radio stations up there. Oh, so okay, cool. Got to know him personally. Uh, I know John personally. Um, so really, it's a, it's a shame this was the first time we had John Balgini <laughs> on our show. I'd say so. But uh, timing was perfect to get him on and, yeah. and share his insights and uh, how he thinks it impacts that minor league club, how it could potentially, how it's going to impact Ogden, Orem. Salt Lake, so it's a it's a rough day for those that that like and, and plan to go to minor league baseball games. If you're looking for that John Balgini interview, it is now up on our podcast on 106nthefan.com. It's also on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify, where you can find that and much more, including our shows and other personal interviews that we have done with uh, many other great voices, Sam Facini, Chris Vanini, and Adam Amin joined us last week, who were really, really, really good. Uh, you, you learn about Sam Merrill and where he fits in that group of great, you know, college basketball players that could be drafted. They're high on him. Uh, Utah State, Mountain West Conference football from Chris, and then just you know, sports as a whole, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball from Adam Amin. So good stuff. Hey, one of the things that coming out about uh, baseball today with this whole coronavirus and trying to resume play or whatnot, uh, we're hearing that some players are deciding not to participate. Well, uh, Major League Baseball is saying that look, if uh, if any player or anyone in our organization tests positive, we're not going to let you know. Uh, they just may not be, they, they'll just be unavailable for a while. And really they're saying, look, the, the HIPAA laws prevent us from identifying those players. So you can identify a player who's not playing because he turned an ankle or he's got a bad wrist or he's got a, a, a hurt shoulder but you can't identify somebody who's got coronavirus. I, Doesn't just, make sense. I understand to you, does HIPAA. It? I, I get it. I get what that is intended for. But you're you're talking all the time about why a player is or is not available. 
Yeah, it's and suddenly like, oh, well, you know what? We <laughs> there's a line here. We're not going to cross this one. Hey, can I ask you just kind of a, a sidestep question within MLB? You, you talked about how Ryan Zimmerman was not going to play now. Do you think what other big names can you think of that might say, Mm-mm, not going to do it? And how much will it kill the MLB in ratings and wanting to watch it? If, if you're not getting guys like, you know, uh, Ryan Zimmerman or pitchers well, like Justin Verlander, I mean, how much is it yeah, going to kill Yeah, what if you get league? a guy like Chris Bryant or Mike Trout yeah. or. You know, Every, uh, the Rizzio. major stars that say, you know what, uh, just for the sake of my family, for my own personal health, for those that I might potentially infect if I come in contact, I'm not going to do it. Um, and that, I, Yeah, if you get a collection of stars, then that's really going to affect. And I wonder, if it's like fringe players, does that really... Yeah, matter that I'm much. But if you, you start to get some stars starting to back away, how many other players are like, well, gosh, if he's not going to play, and here's a guy that's chasing a potential ring. If he's not going to play, then why should? Why am I playing? Hey, going back to your conversation about how uh, you know they wouldn't identify how many players or what players were going to be uh, would test positive for the coronavirus. Buster only on that and more. Based on what I'm hearing at the team level about how this is all playing out, you know, I've heard phrases like false hustle. Uh, you know, why are we doing this? This is crazy. Um, yeah, and a lot of it obviously is because there's things going on that are completely outside of the control of Major League Baseball. Um, you know, I wrote in a column the other day that for baseball to attempt to restart right now is like getting into a sailboat as you see the outer bands of a hurricane on the horizon. <laughs> because you think about, you know, the surge in numbers, about 160,000 new cases in this country over the last four days, and they're all centered in the most important states for Major League Baseball, Florida. Texas, Arizona, California, where so many players live. And so what I'm hearing at the team level is, great, all of these guys are going to be getting on planes to go to and report to their respective teams amid all these uh, surging numbers. And there's a lot of curiosity uh, and a lot of concern about what the, the positive test numbers are uh, later this week. And really quickly with that, the players also wants – some transparency in the situation as well. When Major League Baseball uh, learns later this week how many players have tested positive, they owe it to the players and the employees to know exactly how many people have tested positive in every organization. Uh, you know, I, I sent something out le- along the lines of that uh, on Twitter the other night, and I got back from folks at the team level basically said, look, we're, we're – because we're trying to honor HIPAA laws, you know, we've been instructed to be more vague. Well, you, you would hope and you would assume that the Players Association, representing the players, will go to Major League Baseball and say, look, we, we need to have those numbers precise and out there so that as players make this decision whether or not to participate, they have as full of context as they possibly can about how many people in each clubhouse, each organization are infected. So we were talking about this, you know, injured list that Major League Baseball has. Uh, they're actually going to have what will be called COVID nineteen related injured list. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a positive test. It could be that they're isolating themselves because they may have been exposed. Uh, it, it could be that they're just sick and they have some symptoms that require self isolation. 
So their Major League Baseball will have a, a unique COVID-19 related injured list as a reason why a, a player mm-hmm. may or may not mm-hmm. be participating on the roster. Could mean he's tested positive. They won't tell you if he's tested positive. Could mean maybe he's come in contact with somebody and he needs to isolate. Maybe he's got a cough. We're not sure. We're going to isolate him until we find out. Do you think it's fair? Like if a player does get put out there that he does have COVID-19? Well, his teammates are going to know. And probably Major League Baseball by at large is probably going to know. But they're going to try to – the team itself will not make it public. I think it gets out there, though. In this day and age, in this world, it's going to get out Look what happened there. to Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to keep yeah. it quiet. Somebody else said that he had it, and he was upset. He says, hey, how about HIPAA? Oh, what about these privacy laws? Turns out he had it. We know three New Orleans Pelicans players have it. We don't know who they are, but we know that in the NBA, they've had, what, 16 players test positive oh. from the 22 teams that are supposed to be in Orlando. Now, what I don't know is if that that 16 includes Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. If those are positive tests from months ago that are no longer problematic, but if that's a cumulative or if that's like as players are starting to report back to their teams, that's how many positive tests we have. We know we have a couple positive tests with the Brooklyn Nets. We know we have three positive tests with the New Orleans Pelicans. Man, how many others are out there? Yeah, it's and the thing is, is um, is it's not even close to being figured out. Like everyone, because I remember what in April, I think we all kind of said, "Hey, by June we'll have this figured out. We'll have an idea of how to how to solve this equation." And now we're in June, and we still don't have really any great answers. Any we're sol- in July. Yes, yeah, July. Any you know solidified answers of, of what the solution can or should be? Uh, and that's NH- what scares me the most. Well, the NHL's not any better. They've got they've reporting fifteen players testing positive as uh, among the two hundred and fifty players that are going to be participating in their playoffs. They've had fifteen confirmed tests. Yeah, and with that, Emily Kaplan of uh, ESPN, excuse me, it talks about how crucial that this week, with training camp starting on July 10th, how crucial this week is for the NHL. We'll also probably find out the Phase 3 and Phase 4, that's training camp and games protocols, that the players and the league have been debating on and negotiating for the last couple weeks. And finally, some really exciting news. We could get a memorandum of understanding and an extension on this uh, collective bargaining agreement. And if you know anything about hockey, you know that labor peace isn't exactly the thing in this sport. We love work stoppages. So that would be huge. The other thing to it is that they're supposed to have, because they're just going to go into a 2014 tournament. Right. Uh, They also need two hub cities to play that. Uh, that is also a concern. And that blows my mind. We're this close to them starting and they still don't have an identified where they're going to go? The NHL probably is going to go to Vegas because we're going to get some clarity in the next couple days, maybe as soon as tomorrow, as what the two hub cities the NHL is going to go to. Now, Nevada has had a spike in cases. That hasn't spooked the NHL yet. I think they're still going there. And then it's going to probably be a Canadian city, either Toronto or Edmonton. Aren't they having... Issues in Canada, though, so would teams be able to? How's well, that? Well, the work? problems with with Canada is they're restricting travel from the United States. Yeah, 
because there's been such a spike in cases in the United States, they don't, they're trying to restrict any Americans from cr- crossing their borders. And that's the problem with Major League Baseball as well. The other thing about it is that the NHL has no plans to quarantine players during training camp. None. I'm sure that's going to change. That's got to change. It's got to change. It has to, man. And with a, and I got a question for you. For a state, what? Because you just heard Emily talk about uh, where the Nevada has had a rise in cases for COVID-19, but the NHL isn't concerned about it. At what point do you get concerned about cases rising? in the state before you're like, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea or is it just if your own players get tested positive? Well, I think it, you have to consider what's that support system to make that tournament happen. Like concessions, not concessions. You don't have fans. That's not the right word, but food vendors for the players, hotel staff, people who maintain the arena, who maintain the locker room, who, you know, Transport you to and from the game, your bus drivers, your hmm. your other people, your other personnel that are there as part of the support that make it possible. Broadcast crews, uh, you know the local people that are there that 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 are part of the system to make it all work. So I think that's what's a big concern. If it's a spike in that community, those are the people that are coming in and out. That you may be able to isolate your your players and your participants to some degree, but. What about all that other support staff to help make it possible? Yeah, which is even just a bigger issue. It's a huge issue, actually, coming to think about it. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we're going to wrap up uh, with some NBA talk. Uh, Conversations of more players dropping out of this restart season coming up in Orlando. Now, remember, teams travel next week, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Jazz leave on the 7th. Camp then starts, and then you have your season, which starts on July 30th. Uh, how many players drop out? When's the appropriate time to drop out? When is it too late? And what damage does it do to some basketball teams? And if there are, are there any major stars that are thinking about doing so? Uh, that and more coming up here on the Full Court Press as we wrap it up here on a Tuesday afternoon, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and LJ Salveson, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 106NTheFan.com. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Hope you've enjoyed our show. We thank John Balgini for doing so. And, uh, uh, man, we feel for the minor league uh, staff, members, players, coaches, and fans uh, who will not have a season this year. And according to MILB, which, by the way, they wanted to make sure that everybody knew that it began in 1901, will not have a season for the first time ever. Unreal. It's too bad. It is. I'm with really you, I feel bad for those uh, players that were... It's, that's their hope, right? Yeah. To play professional baseball. And yeah. They were planning on a summer of in a, in a system to hopefully play well and get noticed and get called up and advance. They don't even have anything. Eric, do you remember what we were going to talk about with NFL? I still can't find it, and I don't remember. Well, so they are they're going to cancel the Hall of Fame game. That's right. Thank you. They're canceling the ceremonies, but they're going to have training. But they're camps still having training time. camp. They're still planning on doing everything regular. And the interesting thing is that the NFL Players Association has said, "Hey, please do not work out in as teammates or anything like that." Yet Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, uh, who else is it? Russell Wilson, all are like, "Well, forget it. We're going to go do it." So what is it? 
what side of the fence do we sit on NFL? Are we gonna are we gonna take the cautious side and say no, we're not gonna have any workouts, period, or are you gonna say yeah, we're gonna have team workouts and let's let's go? Because if we're gonna have team workouts, let them work out as teammates. What's the big issue? Oh, the NFL owners are gonna meet on Thursday. Apparently, it's on a conference call. They're not gonna meet in person, <laughs> but they're gonna be talking about some of the specifics about training camps and what the season might look like. Um, so. They got a lot of things they got to try to figure out, though. Uh, you can play baseball, uh, with the exception of what happens at home plate, with physical distancing. You can't play basketball. You cannot play football <laughs> with physical distancing. There's no way. No. So, again, that's, that's my issue is that, hey, we're going to cancel a Hall of Fame game and its ceremony on August 6th and 8th, but, hey, we're still going to have training camps. And you're still being able to go into facilities and and, and work out with right, one another. It just seems just, odd. Is it one way or the other? Yeah, exactly. What side of the fence are we sitting on? Why are you canceling the game that if you're still practicing so and planning on playing the regular right season? It, it bugs me. It just, it's just so inconsistent in so many ways. Uh, speaking of, I mean, not inconsistent as much, but just the fact that uh, the NBA is, is having issues with players are actually starting to worry about not... Um, and we got to be quick here, but not being able to uh, be safe while playing inside the bubble. Right. Eric, how big of an issue does this become before camp starts? Well, I think it's similar to what we talked about with Major League Baseball. As soon as a major significant all-star says, you know what, I just don't think it's safe enough, then I think it becomes a bigger, bigger issue. I mean, you already got a player on a contending team. Avery uh, Bradley says, I'm not going to participate. So, But again, if it was LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or... Paul George, I think it becomes a very different set of discussion. For John Balzini, Eric Franson, and Maj Salveson, thanks for listening to the Full Court Press. We'll Have talk a great to you night, everybody.